0: Welcome to Skills Your Dad Never Taught You. I'm Pete the Planner right here on the Pete the Planner Radio Network. And I am Chip Maxwell. Man, Chip, it's been a very long time since I did that intro. Uh, So (laughs) so long, in fact, that I butchered it. Uh, Chip Maxwell, the original co-host of the Skills Your Dad Never Taught You radio show?
1: yeah it was uh i'm I'm glad that you're remembering how to speak again and uh i'm just so glad to be back with the uh with the old crew here
0: well uh, you you don't even know these people so you're you're getting to meet them for the first time chip maxwell my original co-host of the show back in 2008 uh alongside damian dunn uh dame uh hello hello and the newest co-host Kristen alenius Kristen, hello hello So Chip and I have been really good friends since third grade is sort of uh, uh, sort of the origin story of how this worked. We reconnected as adults. uh, And then all all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I have a radio show. Chip and I have a good time together. And the purpose of skills your dad never taught you wasn't actually a shot at your dad, Howie. But it was for me (laughs) to teach you about money. And you were like the everyman. and, And there you go.
1: Yeah, I was a uh, character playing myself as uh, someone who has sort of an average amount of awareness and knowledge of the things that you needed to teach and uh, occasionally would laugh at your jokes. So
0: <laughs> it was fun. A lot changed since then. And by the way, this is the 500th episode of the podcast. However, I did a little math this week. Kristen, I did a little math. Mm. I believe this actually to be roughly the eight hundred and fifty episode of the radio show plus podcast so this is like episode 850 it's a lot congratulations <laughs> chip thank you so much for those kind kind words chip, what a remarkable accomplishment uh chip what sticks out to you uh from back in the day on the show when you were were you on it for a couple years or i don't know this is right yeah i think i think we did it for the
1: uh it was two years together and i i couldn't remember exactly what the breaking point was it feels like there was some change in the format or you were maybe there was a uh global pandemic i don't remember but um to me the 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 like most prominent memory that i have of that show is sort of realizing in real time, how your uh, how your planning brain and your humor brain can sort of work together as one, but yet um, not always finding you to be the most hilarious. Not not always finding you to be as funny as you thought you were in the moment, and still finding ways to to laugh gratuitously.
0: Well, this was a mistake. Um, <laughs> Like <laughs> uh, It was like, i think about our conversations off the radio uh, are clearly they flow and they're hilarious and we just can't stop laughing and then on the radio we had to like pull it back and it wasn't a podcast it was broadcast radio yeah. uh were you on when the radio show was two hours long or were you only on when it was one hour long uh just when it was one hour Oh, God. So maybe maybe that's
1: where the change <laughs> happened is when when it took on actual uh, some degree of commercial import, then um, you had to go find a real co-host. Uh,
0: so anyway, Chip, the, welcome to the show. You're you're going to be leaving the ho- show here shortly, as we actually have to record a <laughs> radio show exactly. here today. I know uh, that's your thanks for being on the show. My my memories of Chip on the show, he was the sort of the first person to read the news, Dame. So he uh, he read the news and uh chip's so funny but then he couldn't exactly try to one-up me with jokes during my show so it it always had that awkward thing of like chip's funnier than me but it wasn't his role on the show and so then it sort of got weird
1: (laughs) i was learning i was i was uh up and coming in in my humor um no but but i think that there was there was um in all sincerity my biggest Takeaway away from that show, if not uh, memory was sort of the, the placebo effect that I experienced of, gosh, I, I feel like I'm relatively intelligent when it comes to money smarts, but like applying that and like being around that financial advice, um, even for just one hour a week. And during that hour we were, uh, joking around was, um, in hindsight, like a pretty big accelerator in terms of just my level of, um, awareness to, and, and attention for all things like personal finance, right. I had, I had more of like a macro economic, like business perspective on things. And, um, I don't know. I just, it, it, it really, I feel like I walked away with, uh, with a leveled up game in terms of, uh, um, it being responsible in my own personal realm of uh, of money and budgeting.
0: So Dame and Kristen, uh, I'm going to tell a story that Chip's heard me t- tell a million times and he hates how I tell the story, but I'm going to tell it the right way this time. So he will not dislike it. All right. So Chip and I started going to, to school together in third grade and we both got in really big trouble in third grade. We had it was a brand new school. there were brand new desks and we took thumbtacks and we dug out like the side of the desk It was like these holes in the desk. We vandalized this brand new school. we got in big, big trouble, arguably the most trouble I've ever been in, in my life still to yeah, this probably time. the last time that he was in trouble and uh, other than with the IRS. and and so then and, and so so we both got in trouble in it like that moment of crime that we had together where we had to write like reports on vandalism, like that has connected us to this day. Yeah. Chip doesn't like um, it. it's another amendment to the story that I'm not telling, but, but <sighs> uh, anyway,
1: well, cause it ends in um, in martial punishment for one of us and, <laughs> uh, and not for the other. But I think fun. that, yeah, that, uh, that, that version of discipline is, um, is passe now. So uh, we don't have to go into that
0: all right well chip while you're here uh, we'll do one one other sort of uh, call to the past i i wanted to in, in the last 500 episodes of this podcast I, I wanted to give best guest of all time i want to give an award for best guest on the podcast and also scariest guest okay so you can be here for this do you want to take a, a stab i'll put you on the spot Do you want to take a stab at who would be the best guest i've ever had on the show
1: Uh, best guest on the show. Um, I mean, I assume local chef extraordinaire Neil J.
0: Brown. No, Neil, that's a great guess. <laughs> not local chef James Beard nominated chef Neil J. Brown, not him. Pete Buttigieg is the best guest we've yes. ever had on the show. Uh, Lee is correct uh, on the, the Facebook or the YouTube live chat. We did have Mayor Pete. The story behind that is pretty interesting. He came on the show right after he wrote his book. Everyone knew he was going to run for president, but he had yet to announce he was running for president. So uh, through a connection with my friend Adam Wren, who, who covers politics now for Politico, uh, he stepped in and uh, got the introduction. Pete was a lovely guy to talk to. We sort of laughed between segments that both of our spouses, his husband, uh, Chaston and my wife, Sarah, uh, both call us Peter and everyone else calls us Pete. So that was our, our our fun moment to share. Dame, you know who the scariest guest of all time that has been on this show. Uh, do you want to be the person to to name the person? Oh, scary! No,
2: no I'm not going to say who's the scariest guest. i If I'm wrong, then I just insult somebody else. Who no? Who's the scary? Oh, I, actually, I do, and there's no way I'm saying that name. <laughs> uh, so. Mrs. Planner is the scariest guest I ever had
0: on the show. She was on an episode years ago and I Chip Chip knows me very 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 well and we hang out a, a lot when he used to live in, around the here and he's seen me around my wife. I'm I love my wife. I'm not terrified of my wife, but I love to impress my wife and doing so while broadcasting was too much for me. If you ever go back to the YouTube episode, <laughs> you can watch it uh, of me and Mrs. Planner for an entire episode. I'm off my rocker. It's a terrible episode (laughs) because I'm so nervous. and I'm someone that doesn't really get nervous, but uh, that's the scariest guest I ever had was my lovely petite wife. Uh, It was awkward. (laughs) It certainly was. (laughs) So uh, Chip, thank you very much. We're going to move on with the show and do a radio show, which is still a podcast. But Chip, thank you for being uh, there at the beginning and uh, being on the 500th episode as well. So thanks, buddy.
1: And the 850th. Uh, lovely to see you all. Thank you so much for having me. Congrats again, and uh, keep
0: doing good work, guys. Best of luck with the rest of your life. Thank you. Never talking to you again. <laughs> Ta-ta. All right, ship's dead now. Um, okay, so guys, we have a show today. Uh, Chris, uh, Kristen, uh, happy. What do you think you've done? How many episodes do you think you've done?
3: I would guess 62.
0: <laughs> that is <highly laughs> specific.
3: well Uh, i've been on the show
0: 62
3: well i've been on the show for like just over a year give or take a miss here and there and then i was a guest appearance like once a quarter for a couple years so like six and i didn't want to say 60 exactly so yeah and the last time i said 57 you gave me grief for that so i couldn't pick low either
0: (laughs) would i ever give people grief uh dame what do you think Uh,
2: Two hundred ballpark 200
0: yeah that's who do you think the most common guest other than well you guys are co-hosts but who, who do you think you think phil schumann from iu uh you think he or or joshua becker the minimalism expert yeah.
2: yeah it's probably either joshua or phil phil makes a lot of guest appearances at least he there was it seemed like there was a string there where he was on our show pretty or your show sorry uh regularly it's our show dame Um, Ted. (laughs) If we ever got divorced, we'd have joint custody of the show. Uh, Danza with a a great comment. It's Ted. Ted is the the most frequent uh, guest. Possibly.
0: Uh, All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get started. We need to actually do a show here today. Uh, Lots of surprises along the way. A lot of surprises along the way, Uh, including what we're going to do on the show today. Kristen, uh, I blew up the show as we did our pre-production three minutes before the show, which is not cool, but we're going to start the show with looking back to March 13th of 2020, which was, you know, the beginning of the pandemic Uh, and looking at our financial lives. Now, what's the good that came from it? What's the bad and what's the absolute ugly of our financial life? So uh, there we go. Michelle says she's driving to Indiana to celebrate our, our 500th episode. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah great um, all right here we go. you everybody ready to start their clocks yeah. do, 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 do. Do, do. it's never gonna get more organized folks just get used to it <laughs> you think we make it to a thousand podcast episodes forget the 850 you think we can go 500 more? I don't think so I'm gonna be honest I don't I mean I'm sort of
2: a I don't know how much more I got left in me okay, so that's, go that's on five it. years there's no way this this runs another five years isn oh, that's 10 years. Oh yeah, it's ten, it's ten years, Kristen. That's,
0: I'm dead, guaranteed. I'm dead. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not dead, but there's no way this is going no. to happen an percent it's all downhill from here, baby. Woohoo! Okay. Do you think we will acknowledge the last episode as it's happening, or do you think oh. something will go so awry that people won't know that the last
2: episode they heard was the last episode? I think the last episode is like just a, hey everybody, this is Damien from for, formerly from the Pete the Planner show. <laughs> Just wanted to leave a little note for you on Facebook and YouTube that, well, thanks for the memories. Oh my gosh.
3: No way. It would just be a ghost. We would broadcast on a Friday just like this and then just like no one would ever hear anything ever again. That's that's more realistic, I feel like.
0: I always think the last thing you do, there's so much pressure around it. It's like the last episode of Ted Lasso, the last episode of The Sopranos, your last news. Like at some point in time, I've written... I have 700 newspaper columns or something stupid. It's like one of them is going to be the last one. And then do you make it about yourself by talking about it's the last one? Or you just give one more little
2: dumb piece of financial advice. What's going to happen? I fully expect you to have it planned out in your head. And then you just let us all know at the very end. And that's how it goes. Is that today? (laughs) More surprises later.
3: Surprise.
0: (laughs) Surprise. Okay. Uh, In three Two, one this week on the pete the planner show we answer your money questions here's how the show works and how it's worked since march of 2008 you email us ask pete at pete the that's ask pete at pete the and here's what will happen i was actually wrong it was may of 2008 no one cares we will answer your question on the air and by we i mean kristen elenius director of education at your money line hello kristen good day Damien Dunn, Vice President of Advice at uh, your Hello, Dame. Good day. And I'm Peter Nicholas Dunn, citizen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, if uh, you're listening on the radio, it's a sort of a special episode of the show, kind of. Kind of. It's sort of hard to explain. Uh, the radio show is also a podcast, and this is the 500th time we've had a podcast, the 500th episode. Yet the radio show is older than the podcast. So it's actually like the 850th episode. Of the radio show. No one cares. You're driving to Home Depot. Getting your mulch. Let's move on. Dave and Kristen. um, So I wrote a newspaper column this week for the Indianapolis Business Journal. About what has happened to our financial lives since March of 2020. When the pandemic took over. And well. uh, Ruined most things. And so what I want to do here today. Is I want to spend some time. Talking about the good that has come from that. The bad that has come from that. And the ugly. So. How about we do it uh, game show style here? Kristen, okay. you love to put on the spot. What is something good about our financial lives or that is going on our financial lives right now uh, since the pandemic? What What is good? A silver lining, if you will.
3: We're speaking in mass, right? Like yes, for not the not populace. You, okay. Uh, oh, Dame's answers have changed. Um, Something good maybe that has come out of it is I think it brought like more awareness to our financial lives in different ways, whether that's lack of student loan payment or stimulus checks or tax refunds, or there's been different components of that. But I think maybe an increased level of financial awareness.
0: I would agree with that. I, I think people were forced into having an emergency plan in spring of 2020 some people have held on to that new sentiment. Other people have let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, Dame, I'll, I'll pepper one in here to jog some loose too. <laughs> Wages have gone up significantly. In fact, uh, they've gone up 14.79%. from In April of 2021, they had increased 14.79% in one year. So that wage growth that we always talked about did happen over the course of the pandemic
2: that was one of the incontrovertible things that happened it just seemed like everybody was getting raises left and right and if you weren't you were jumping to another job to to go get that uh, that that big bump that you've been waiting for and everywhere you looked wages were rising so yeah this is it's really hard to you can't you, you can't say anything other than yeah people are making more money now what 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 jumps to your mind of the good um, anyway. I, I think really early in the pandemic, this was particularly strong, and it, it even built some momentum for some people. A lot of people got debt in order during this time period because they had free uh, income that was sitting around. They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. And so they said, you know what? This is the time to get my house in order, and they just started you know, st- the paying down debt left and right. Maybe you got completely free of credit card debt, but a lot of people... Got out from underneath that that weight and were able to redeploy that money into better areas in their lives. That's so true.
0: Early on, Kristen, as we've seen the uh, reports here recently, has now swollen to seventeen trillion dollars of consumer debt. We're back the other way, but Dame, you're right. And and to to your point, I even got to control more control over my debt, my only debt, which was my mortgage by refinancing in about the time at a two and a half percent mortgage. So that's pretty significant. Kristen, if you had to guess from March of 2020, the low point, okay. uh, as to what the S and P 500 is up since March of 2020, oh. what would you what would you guess?
3: That's going to be embarrassing because I don't look, you guys. Um, can you make Damien guess?
0: Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll say. It, let me say it differently because it, it's I, I said it wrong. In mid February, believe it was February 9th. February 9th. Of 2020, we hit a market high of all time market high in the SP 500 before it crashed. Mm-hmm. The question is, how far are we, Dame, from that February 19th market high to today? How far are we from then to today? What's the change in the SP Ooh. 500? Wow, that's a really,
2: uh, I will say uh, 12%. Kristen, you wanna give a guess?
3: Uh, can I take the over?
2: Sure. You're
0: right, twenty eight percent, twenty eight percent, and y'all, that's three years. So I mean, you're talking about what a twenty, or probably an eight and a half percent average rate of return, yeah. which is what you want on your portfolio. So even in the darkest of days, even in the darkest of days, which I got to be honest, there was no darker day that I will ever remember than March sixteenth of twenty twenty was a Monday. It was foggy in Central Indiana. Like it was like, oh my God, the world's changed forever game we're up 28
2: i i clearly wouldn't have guessed that because i didn't but that that (laughs) seems i i mean if there's ever a a good illustration of just stick with it just stay with it man this is it we went through horrible horrible times where it seemed like everything was up in the air and subject for debate and here we are a few years later and things are trucking right along if if you're stuck with your plan.
0: Kristen, if you owned a home
2: in the spring of 2020,
0: since then, wh- wow. Wow. Real estate prices, if you were in position to take advantage of them and, and that uh, opportunity persisted, have been phenomenal uh, since March of 2020. Now, Dame, there's other people on the other side of that equation. Those are people who are renting and now, mm-hmm. with that and in, uh, interest rates, which we'll talk about here shortly, uh, that puts them in the bad side of things. But real estate prices have gone up. I I, I think I calculated mine. Mine's up forty percent, forty percent, which is amazing. What I, before you know? Here's what we're gonna do. I think the whole show we're gonna go the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is also like the the name of the show. Kristen's good. <laughs> dame's the bat and i'm the ugly right <laughs> we could just that could be the name of the show there you go perfect uh anything <laughs> else either of you anything else occur to you like my, better or where our lives are better financially after the the recession and the pandemic
3: in the comments big Rick wink we kind of touched on this but maybe not you know um comprehensively is that low interest rates were kind of the catalyst that allowed people to do several of the things that we mentioned. Can you get your debt under control? Cause you, because you can refinance. I know you mentioned that with your house, but that low interest rate environment provided a lot of opportunity for people over the last few years. We can talk about the other side of that in the next segment, but there is good there.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Dame. I, I think not only that, but that helped the stock market go bananas too because you couldn't earn a lot of interest on your money outside of taking risk
2: within the market well and let's not forget uh things that really helped like uh robin hood and crypto and uh, <laughs> no, i'm totally kidding I mean, there's there's all sorts of of ways to say that this this absolutely helped keep the market afloat uh and From your perspective, maybe those things were great. But yeah, there there are tons of influences and interest rates were right up there with the top of them.
0: I'm curious. We always live stream the show, usually Fridays at noon on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter live. Today, we are (laughs) live streaming live on Thursday. Um, Dame, I'm curious. Within the chat of people on the live stream now, I would love you to put better. If you feel like your financial life is better (laughs) now, than it was in march of 2020 uh i think again i don't want to scream into an echo chamber dame i will just say i feel like my my life is somehow some way better now than it was in
2: in march of 2020 are you willing to to go out on a limb and say what yours is i'll say tbd mine is more complicated than it was then but we're we're still we're still sorting through that
0: well you know what to be honest mine is more complicated too but if it wasn't i think it'd be a little bit better kristen i want to want to make an appraisal there
3: yeah it's absolutely better
0: all right so is the chat apparently i've seen a lot of betters all right let's do this coming up after the break the bad what what is not so great about post-pandemic life i'm pete the planner this is the pete the planner show all right Guys, we just turned uh, one column into three segments, and that's called Water to Wine,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Water to Wine. It's also called Us Not Knowing When
0: to Shut Up. Oh, that's true. It worked really well. Yeah. Okay. So, what I wanted to do here is I wanted to go through and I wanted to play the original podcast intro to the show. So, you can, so we, we, we started the show with a really butchered How the Radio Show Started, but now I want to play the original, how the show sounded when the first episode came out. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Am
2: I listening into a seashell? (laughs) Did we lose Pete? You can hear it? No. I can hear it. Oh, well, I couldn't. No, it was great, Pete. It was fantastic. <laughs> Wait, could you hear it? All I, I, It seriously sounded like I was listening in a seashell. Kristen? Could you hear it?
3: I could hear it. I thought we were so waiting. It hadn't, like, done anything. It was like, it sounded like you put a record. Like, yeah. you put the needle, the needle on the vinyl.
0: Boy, what would this show be without major mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> So awkward.
2: <laughs> you wanna, uh, do a dramatic re- uh, reenactment
0: Man, us, no, it was so good it's it's a it's a voice drop of my daughter who at the time was yes. six yeah saying a podcast did your radio uh, show get canceled, canceled? Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh and then it goes in and it, it was mr kinetic hear- and rusty renbacher i totally um, want to hear that i do too but life is hard sometimes i will go through and give you the top five most memorable th- memorable things that have ever happened on the 500. This is, I chose a bad day to not be able to talk. I mean, really? What the heck? Uh, five most memorable moments of the show history. All right, number one, Dame, you and I talk about this all the time. It was the, the pandemic episode. Yeah. This was February of 2020. You and I, like a couple of knuckleheads, I think you were
2: in the studio, weren't you? With me? I'm, I might have been. Uh, you know, Back in the old days when we recorded together in the same room, shoulder to shoulder, essentially. So you and I did this dumb thing where we said, how worried are you on a scale of
0: 1 to 5 to or 1 to yeah. 10 <laughs> about this disease, the economy, and the market? Uh, I will say, and this is not the point of me bringing this up, you were rather dismissive about the whole thing.
2: Completely. Yeah. You were way more realistic than I was, but I was like, ah, it's a nothing burger. It's gonna be here and gone and we're gonna move on with our lives. But I I think I did kind of nail that, you know, once that initial period was off, the market shot right back up and, and came back really, really quickly. So I, I feel like I earned a little bit of a attaboy on that one. Yeah, fair. So number one moment, uh, memorable moment on the show is Dame and I
0: In real time, talking about how terrifying the pandemic was. Uh, Number two, for me, Kristen's first episode uh, of being a full-time cast member of the show. Uh, I think we got done. Dame and I jumped on a call, like a private call when we got off. And we're like, (laughs) wow, that was a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It turns out two guys who look alike, who sound alike, who have a similar background, similar disposition and family structure, uh, don't really make an interesting show. Uh, But thanks to Kristen. Uh, So Kristen, top number two in terms of most memorable moments is when you actually joined the show. Number three is when I bought Bitcoin on the air, (laughs) live on the air. It was traded. This was years and years and years ago. This is before it blew up. Uh, I sold it before it blew up. So needless to say, not the greatest investor in the world. But buying Bitcoin with our friend Justin Costelli, uh, bought it on the show. Uh, And then... Number four was the whiskey tasting. This is very early in the early days of the podcast, a whiskey tasting. Kristen, by the end of the episode, I was speaking less clearly than I am today. So Yikes. that was, that was not, a,
2: not a good one. And, and Dan, what was the fifth one you sent through? Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I would say you learned your lesson so well that you invited him back and did a wine tasting the next time. I, I don't even remember that. You did. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent okay well let's put it this way
0: um the fifth one is the wine tasting <laughs> the show has evolved <laughs> oh lord okay all right we do have a special guest joining us here in just about a minute so i'm killing a little time uh dame i, I will also note that i want to go through we are approaching uh, we're approaching three million downloads of the show we are a one percent podcast top one percent most listened to podcast in the world ever it's crazy Kristen, we're going to go with the top 10 countries of who listens to our show. Okay. Number one, Dame. USA. United USA. States of America. <laughs> Number two is Canada. Number three is Japan. We got to look. Uh, I eat so much sushi. The People in Japan listen to the show on a pretty regular basis. Like, because I'm a supporter of Japanese food culture and they support American financial culture. The UK, clearly, because I've been in London australia i don't know germany france brazil india and singapore Kristen, the last one's a little surprising singapore people uh, people from singapore listen to the show Uh,
3: the last one is a little surprising japan i actually wondered if it was that there's a decent military presence that listens to the show i think that could be the explanation there
0: uh thank you for your service everyone Who's listening in Japan. Uh, all right. So joining us now, very special guest to the show. I bring her on the live stream. Nicole Anderson, formerly Nicole. Hey, Nicole, Hi. how are you?
4: I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: Good. So uh, Nicole was the original producer of the People Planner podcast, a co-worker here at Your Moneyline. Nicole, um, so you were around for the start of this whole thing.
4: Yeah, I think we started, we were like mid-100s, and my last episode was 290-something. That's a so, long,
0: long run, long run. Chris uh, or Kristen, I got to tell you about Nicole. She meant so much to me that a couple springs ago, I actually married her.
4: You did? Uh-huh. Her and her
0: husband. Yes. There you go. <laughs> her and her husband. I was the officiant yes. at the, the wedding. Nicole, what sticks out to you about the podcast uh, back when you were on it?
4: Oh my gosh, just how much it grew. We had so much fun. I mean, you put me on video. I was a ripe 24 years old and (laughs) I was, I was looking back and it was like a rubber band snapped of things I haven't thought about in a long time of like the Pete Perry episodes that we used to do. There was like, there's so much structure now and I appreciate that so much. But back then it was kind of like well, what do you want to do this week? Like, oh, we should do this thing called Pete's Eats where you spend $25 and go to Trader Joe's. Like, it just was so all over the place, but we still, like, there was still value that was delivered. So uh,
0: I think Kristen would argue that nothing has changed.
3: Nicole, nothing has changed. You'll be happy to okay. know. <laughs>
4: You know what? That does fill my heart, though, because the the lens of unexpectedness still throughout that it keeps you on your toes. Uh,
0: What I always appreciate about Nicole on the show was um, I remember her coming in once and saying that her parents listened to her on the show and how pleased they were and how well they thought she did. Not that they were surprised by how talented and, and, and vivacious she was, but at the same time, it's like. It, we we all know it is not easy to be a broadcaster and she had a lot of natural talent. So Nicole, I always remember like at Thank 24 you. years old, jumping on the show, it's like you'd hosted a show for 10 years. And so uh, it, it made it pretty Thank easy. You. Thank uh, you. So I, and now it's question and answer time for me here. Uh, Nicole, we always used to tease you on the show. Cause you'd go listen to like electronic music in the woods yep. or whatever it is. What, what, what am yes. I, what am I describing?
4: Oh, so I went to electric forest one summer when I worked for you.
0: What, what, what is that? It's like a, the f- fun you're out having fun. Yeah.
4: yeah. We went to music festivals. We went to that festival and then we did a festival out in Palm Springs called Coachella. We've done that the oh. past four or five years. So that's
0: where you got engaged. I believe at Coachella, right? It
4: is to my special friend,
0: your special friend who we used to call your, uh, yes. your special friend. He's now your special yes. husband.
4: He is my, yes. He says hello by the way.
0: Oh, nice. Hello, sir. Um, oh, any other memories of the show? Uh, I appreciate you popping in today. Any other memories of the show you w- want to share? Uh,
4: and really, it's again, like you just put 24 year old me out on the show, like yeah. just bright eyed, bushy tailed and how much fun we had. Now you're an
0: old woman, you're old, <laughs> I know. old hag now right all, yeah
4: all 29 years of me
0: oh my gosh well nicole thank you for popping in for a few minutes i, I know you're a busy person um no. but you've you meant a lot to the the show and to me and to your money line and, and all our friends around here so uh thank you uh congrats on the career you've built since this place uh, we're all very proud of you
4: thank you i appreciate it thank you guys
0: all right see you nicole there we go all right look at that Kristen. uh me putting someone on the spot doesn't sound like something I would do. And mm. me not having a plan for broadcasting does not sound consistent with the person I've become.
3: Yeah, not on brand at all. I will say, I do feel like I just met a celebrity because I always listened to the show when Frank was on the show. So that would that was a full circle moment for me.
0: I should have said this when Frank was on the show uh, just now. <laughs> She's one of those people, you, you hear about like uh, someone walks into a room and it just, the room brightens. Frank is uh, like one of five people I've met in my life. She walks into a room and the room just gets better. Uh, she was lovely. Uh, I'm
4: not sure I understand.
0: Siri says she does not understand.
2: But Siri, what I'm saying is how do <laughs> Dave, you don't have an Apple Watch, do you? Not. I, I pawned it off on my son so he can be tormented by notifications all day long.
0: That's fair. But like this thing just like starts up and starts talking to you. Kristen, does yours do that? Like she just starts talking.
3: I, she does all the time that's why i shut her off for radio because i'm a hand talker she'd be doing that constantly all right uh let's continue let's
0: continue um with the show now the bad of the pandemic this is like a seven hour show apparently <laughs> the bad of the pandemic i have to go to jeremiah so we we'll better get moving here the bad of the pandemic starting in three two one back on the Pete the Planner show, talking the good, the bad, and ugly since the pandemic. What has gone on in our financial lives as as an American society that make things good or bad or or whatever? Uh, We started in the first segment with the good. The good being uh, housing market went bonkers. And if you were on the right side of that, that is good. The stock market's up 28% since the pre-pandemic high, which is crazy. Uh, and as Dame and and Kristen both pointed out, like our our general sense of financial awareness has improved since then, as well. Now, Dame, it is time for the bad. W- what do you think is bad now,
2: as it relates to our financial lives since the pandemic? I have to go with car prices. Uh, car prices went absolutely nuts during the pandemic for supply chain issues and. I'm not sure why many of us ever really needed a car during the pandemic, but but we needed them. And it was, we thought we were going to get some breaks with the interest rates, but then supply completely dried up and you had used cars being sold for way more than they were worth. And that actually still persists. Yeah, it's come down a little bit, but the car that you were able to buy you know, three and a half, four years ago for you know, $5,000, that that quality of car just doesn't exist anymore. And it's really, really difficult to find good, reliable transportation for a relatively inexpensive price i'm with you there you know
0: on top of that uh, and we touched on it a little bit in the first segment our spending for the most part is returned to normal right it is it is we, we've helped cause some of the supply chain issues mm-hmm. you could argue that we helped cause inflation to to some degree uh but our spending habits by the fact that there's now 17 trillion dollars of household debt in america which is an all-time high. We had so much pent-up consumer demand, Kristen, because we were so upset in the year 2020. Then the government stimulus fueled all of our spending. Average family of four from March 13th of 2020 through December 31st of 21 received $12,800 cash in government stimulus. And that has caused massive problems, Kristen.
3: Yeah that's actually be- the my bad for the segment is for those who didn't really need it. I think that stimulus money was a bad for a lot of people when it comes to behavior and spending because it inflated your household income. And it's so hard. Damon I, you see this too. We see this all the time at your money line is like, when you have that opportunity to spend more reeling that back is just so difficult for us as people. So I think for those in that category, it was, it's, it was a bad.
0: Yeah, Dame. what jumps out to you as well as bad? The car one's a great one. Kristen's point here about the stimulus. It's hard to call the stimulus bad, but the the, right. the back end is bad. Dame, you're not a lawmaker. You're, you're not someone that releases the purse strings of the government's, uh, actually, our money. Do you think in these circumstances that there shouldn't have been a stimulus? I mean, is that, I'm not saying that's your point, but I'm curious. Like, how do you think about
2: that? You and I have debated this I think a few times on the yeah. show over over the years and it's tough to say because there was an absolute need in big segments of the community that that needed something to get them get them through and we talked about who the pandemic was going to inf- uh, impact more uh, the very front end of it was it was going to be people who didn't have the luxury of being able to work from home and, and mm. figure that out. And so you think about all the folks that have to go out and do for their jobs that couldn't do that. Many of them had no recourse. They, they needed something to help get them through month to month, even if it was just by the skin of their teeth. And I can't sit here and say that, no, we absolutely shouldn't have done it because there was a lot of good that was done. Even if those folks are, are still feel like they're recovering in, in some way, shape or form. Now for, Folks that that weren't really too impacted by it, I gotta side with Kristen. There was there were some serious issues that are are being and it was still dealt with by by those families too. So I I'm not upset at the stimulus like anything else. I wish it could have been done in a little bit more measured and and thought out manner, but we didn't know what we were dealing with. We didn't have that luxury, or at least we didn't feel like we had that luxury at the time, and we just had to carpet money everywhere, and we're Frankly, we're still dealing with the ramifications of it right now. Kristen, this one's going to hit close to home. It's an unfair question. Is that
0: why you think the student loan uh, relief won't happen because of what we've just seen with massive stimulus spending? Because it's not exactly stimulus spending, but it may have this similar effect
3: is it or is it just kind of what's being used as the reason why i don't necessarily know um the student loans is my ugly but um so i want to wait to dig into that but i definitely think that is it really maybe
0: yeah yeah dame i wonder if we really had to choose how to have changed the stimulus that it wasn't so bad, even though it was meant to be good. I think you're right about making sure it was a more targeted approach. Raising or, or lowering the income threshold would have would have been really good too. That's a sticky one because you, you it helped a lot of people, but man, it's caused a lot of problems in the last 18 months.
2: Yeah. I, there's, like I said, I don't think there's a good solution to it. I mean, you could have gotten really tricky and said, you know, like, you know, two years from the date that you receive it on that following year's tax return, we're going to look at, you know, if if you've recovered, we're going to start to claw some of that money back, uh, you know, something like that. But now you're starting to get into a lot of different mechanics and you're also giving other administrations and other Congresses the chance to change that and amend it. So it could have just been a, a false sense of a, a false attempt at responsibility through, through that. And at that point, there weren't a whole lot of people that were screaming for responsibility. They were just saying, send us some cash. So I, I don't blame necessarily anybody that that uh, jumped on board with this. It's just, uh, I, I refuse to use the word unprecedented, but it was, that's what it was.
0: <laughs> and Kristen, you and Dane both worked remotely uh, before the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic turned all of us into remote workers. I was a remote worker for a, a long time um, because of it. Now that we're out of it and this hybrid thing has been created are we viewing that as good, bad, or ugly, or is it not that simple? Or are you and I going to have different uh, <laughs> perspectives on this?
3: Well, I would say for me, it's really good because to your point, Dame and I worked from home before the pandemic and not a lot of people really understood what that meant. And I would have people be like, Oh, well, you can do this or volunteer for this or do this. Cause you work from home. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I'm still working like i'm just at my house i don't still i don't have the luxury to just like do whatever whenever just because i work from home or like taking phone calls because we were remote instead of being an imper- being in person i think people look at our jobs through a different lens as a result very biasly i will say it's good but i don't know that you'll agree with that dame any different thoughts there
2: Right, Kristen, first, you and I have to talk. You absolutely do have the right to do whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> I, I can tell you how to hide that from Pete, so don't worry about it.
3: Perfect. I'll take good notes. Uh,
2: I don't know if my opinion really differs all that much from Kristen. I, I think folks who are already used to it had um, a much better time adjusting to, to to every all the other changes that were g- coming along. But I mean, you take somebody out of the wor- traditional workplace environment, stick them at home, and well we saw it we, we saw the zoom video we saw all sorts of people struggling with with uh how to actually do remote work and do it well so i think the jury's still out but people have uh acclimated to to work at home and it's going to be really really hard to ever get rid of it i've come around more than i ever thought i would on this topic <laughs> and I, I will point out
0: something interesting that between dame and i even in the last month or so dame was in the office here uh at our, at our headquarters and dame was like man, I would like the most effective day. I'm face-to-face, I'm with people. A week and a half ago, I work remotely and I was telling our co-workers, I was like, that was the most effective day I've had in a long time working remotely. So sometimes that change of environment is, is what produces the outcome we want. All right, so that's the good. We've talked about the bad. Uh, how about the ugly? What are the worst things to come financially due to the pandemic? All of that is next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. On beat the planner I don't know what that way Jameson makes an appearance on the show popped in for a few minutes a lot of regulars Andy's here I saw uh, Brian Pankins jump in of course Danza's here uh, lots of regulars thank you for joining us on this special day we probably do need to keep it moving because I don't really want to <laughs> <sighs> just be here that much longer um, all right so the ugly Kristen teed up one of mine already, um, Sorry. but that's okay. I don't mind. Let's, uh, let's crank through here. Uh, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, exploring the good, the bad, and the ugly of the pandemic from a financial perspective in retrospect. So what? what is going on in the summer of 2023 that is good since the pandemic, what is bad? And now it's time for The Ugly. Uh, Kristen, I was about to go to you first. I'm like, since (laughs) now the ugly Kristen, but then that seems like that, like that's not what I intended. And so I didn't want to say that. So now we're here to talk about the ugly for all things expert on ugly. Dame, take it away. What do you think the ugliest part of financial life today as a result of the
2: pandemic? I think it is more uh, accepted now than it ever has been. To go through a phase of revenge spending, whether it is Ooh. you just uh, you know you have a, a bad cool. week at work or a, you know something goes wrong, you know what I'm going to go out and I'm going to do some retail therapy or whatever it is, and I'm going to make a crazy financial decision because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, and, and we justify everything through a a new lens that everybody has experience with, everybody has experience with. And so we we have this much bigger past that we can put down on the table and say, see, it's okay. YOLO. Man. Uh, can I tell a quick, funny YOLO story that I
0: think is hilarious? Uh, so funny. I was on the IBJ podcast a couple of years ago and uh, the Indianapolis Business Journal podcast. And, um, oh, should I tell this story? Uh, I don't know. I'm Only you back. know. Only I know. Let's move on. I don't, oh, You're knee deep, Pete. What are you going to do? I'll say this. Okay, so the, the mayor of Indianapolis was a regular listener to that show. He also happens to be someone I, I know. Uh, and so uh, I said YOLO. You know, you only live once. I just sort of like, I didn't make up YOLO, just so everyone knows. It's a thing. <laughs> I just said it. And so when he listened, as the story has been told to me, he thought I made it up. And for the rest of the day, in meetings, he was saying, Yolo. Hey, as Pete the Planner always says, YOLO. You only live once. And so his chief is a friend of mine, and she's texting me. And she's like, "I hate you." Um, <laughs> he's been saying, "As Pete the Planner says, YOLO all day." That's really funny to me. Anyway, Kristen, awesome. uh, I, I'm with Dame here. I, y- YOLO, YOLO is on fire right now, and I've yoloed a little bit here recently.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty guilty of it myself actually based on the box that came from Amazon yesterday. Um, it's I'm, I'm totally guilty of it myself. No, do I sacrifice the things that are important my goals and things to do that? But I do find it easier to justify spending because like life is short, you know?
0: I know. Uh, Kristen, you brought up another one. It was my big one. It is like we're in such a terrible student loan place. Yeah, it is. It is so awful, and for more nuanced reasons than most people think. Like, yes, there's one point was it four, five, six trillion dollars? One point seven trillion dollars of student loan debt. Okay, yeah, terrible, awful. But this forty month pause of student loan payments mm-hmm. has made the problem so much worse. It is not uh, It is not addressed. At one point, it did give relief, but now it has made the situation so much worse.
3: Yeah. I think for me, it's just like this perfect storm of no payments. College, as far as I know, is more expensive than it's ever been. We're headed back into repayment for real this time. It doesn't seem like there's going to be student loan forgiveness. You have three years of college graduates who've never made a payment before. It is just this perfect storm. And student loans are something that always worry me. It's my favorite area to talk about. It's my area of expertise, self-decided. But its I'm more worried about it now than I've probably ever been um, because of all of these different variables.
0: I agree. And Dame, you and I, again, have children of the same age. Uh, How do you think about Student loans and, and how student loans will impact college expenses in the future. Thinking about our daughters who are first, right? Like, yeah. I I've been thinking about that a lot the last month or so. It is. I mean, again, I'm complaining about an expense that hasn't happened that I've planned for. However, I realize there's people that are in much worse positions than I am. But, Dame, this student loan problem is is actually getting so much worse than people don't realize it.
2: Yeah, I have no clue of what's going to happen with student loans and student debt and the laws and the the norms that are going to be around that between uh, now and the time our kids get to college. That doesn't mean I have no uh, no reason to start <laughs> or, or continue to worry about and plan for it. I, I look at, you know, in our in our work, we have access to a, a really cool piece of software that can help project college costs and what uh, assistance may be available and i was going through it again uh for uh, the first time in quite a while yesterday and just looking at some of the numbers coming up for for in state schools and private schools just shaking my head and uh, you know thinking i know roughly what the balances are in the 529s and I, it's 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 just daunting. This problem isn't going to be resolved anytime soon because the cost of college and how much people have saved. There's no other way for people to get their kids to college than assuming debt, whether it's through the student, whether it's through the parents, whatever it is. Right now, debt is involved for the vast majority of students that are going to take on college. And that's a problem. There's a
0: political angle to this, clearly. Uh, and and, and I, I'm not looking for divisiveness, and I don't think we would find it uh, on this show. But there's some interesting elements, right? So President Trump, the Trump administration's w- started student loan forgiveness, or started uh, the deferment of payments during the pandemic. Then he did an extension, right? Did, Kristen, did you do one or two? I think two. And then it's been nonstop. Right. Uh, extensions under the Biden administration. So there's that angle. But here's why I think this problem gets worse and it's never wiped out. The Supreme Court, I believe, will overrule the the order here very soon. Maybe today. You don't know. Like It's any day now, right? So I think that'll happen. And so the court will have made its decision about what emergency powers can do. Um, and then if you look at the if you look at the House, the Senate, and then the White House in the next couple election cycles. I don't think they're ever going to be in a position during those next few election cycles to all agree to wipe out the debt. That would mean the Democrats would control all three in a significant way and somehow be able to circumvent what the Supreme Court says. They like, it's just not going to happen.
3: Yeah. And I'm thinking about what Dame said about YOLO. And that I think applies to parents sending their kids to school too. And we're in a higher interest rate environment coupled with school being more expensive. And then you take, you know, parents who are still paying their student loan debt we see that a lot and that's not to shame anyone for that it's just reality is that we see parents who are still paying on their higher ed then trying to pay for their students higher ed and it's like well they only get to go to school once like higher education is so important we don't care what the cost is junior needs to go to school and i think that problem just continues to compound
0: yeah, Dave. My last uh, ugly uh, coming from the pandemic is inflation. I mean, now inflation is definitely cooled, which is which is great. But some of these prices are going to stay high. I mean, the the war in Ukraine is not exactly helping grain prices, and there's there's other elements there that have become problematic. But if you're in your early twenties right now, you're hit with high interest rates, high inflation, a massive student loan issue. Well. I know people love to say 20-somethings or millennials or whatever whine uh, I, with good reason.
2: Like That's a that's a terrible, untenable situation if you're in your younger 20s right now. Yeah, and I think I'm sure there are people out there that kept saying, well, as soon as inflation slows down, as soon as inflation slows down, it doesn't mean prices are coming back. It just means they're not going up as fast. So we're, the, the elevated prices are going to be here. Thankfully, ra- wages have risen, uh, maybe not equally, but... Uh, there's maybe not much of a disparity. We just need a break. We need some relief from ever-increasing prices.
0: All right. Anybody? A couple seconds left here. Anybody want to throw in one more ugly before we head uh, to the break?
2: No, I think you've done a fantastic job, Pete. Of illustrating the ugly? Yes, that's what I do.
0: (laughs) Okay. So here's what we are going to do. We're going to do biggest waste of money of the week coming up and current events. Uh, I saw even breaking this morning, some of the ch- many of the charges against the FTX founders on the cryptocurrency uh, exchange. I don't know, uh, have gotten, have been dropped. So the breaking news in a lot of areas with crypto right now. So we will cover that. We will cover other current events and we will also cover biggest waste of money of the week. That's all next on the Pete, the planet show. i beat
2: the planner damn i saw your face don't worry about it, i'll take care of it yeah, yeah we are not unless you are covering the ftx thing because that did not make the cut
3: <laughs>
2: oh boy all right i so i had like other audio to play and
0: stuff but i couldn't get it to play through and now i'm sad because it was the old end of the show which was hilarious <sighs> you know what maybe i'll just no i was gonna say i could edit it into this show it is a podcast. lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Oh, boy. You need Frank to do it. I need Frank to do it. It stinks. Frank uh, had an, a, a, a lovely, beautiful last name, Frankowski. It just flows off the tongue. And then now it's Anderson, which is just so much more conventional. So you can't even call her Frank. You have to call her Andy now. Andy, yeah. yeah. yeah it's no good. Um, All right. Uh, you know who else lights up a room when they walk in the room? Aqua Greg. I was gonna say, you better say Mrs. Planner. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I thought
3: he was gonna say Chad. It terrifies
0: me. No, Aqua Greg. Right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Just one of those people, you know, and just like the room gets better. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, What's that? I wonder what that's like. I don't. Yeah, Dame. You ever wonder what it's like when you enter a room and people are excited about it? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Actually, when you. Uh, when you show up here, like
2: any surprises every once in a while? Uh, yeah. Unannounced. Unannounced. Unannounced? Yeah. You're like the FBI just knocking That's, on our door at 5 a.m. If, <laughs> if you walked into the office and there was like a row of pizzas sitting there, probably would get the same reaction or a couple boxes of donuts. I mean, it's, it's not me. It's just the surprise, <laughs> the novelty of the situation. Oddly enough, though, Kristen,
0: let's say it's seven a.m. and I show up at your front door on a Tuesday. Probably not the same not level. The same excitement.
3: reaction, no. Context
0: matters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. All right, let's do biggest waste of money of the week. But would that how awkward would that be? I mean, we we have a lot to talk about and hang out, but like seven a.m.
3: For starters, I would be sleeping. So it's it's midday for me, buddy.
0: Midday. <laughs> Uh, Okay, I almost did a Miguel for the show today, but I drank so much caffeine this morning. Um, Man, man, my heart would have exploded if I would have had a Miguel. So I didn't. It's valid. Would have been the last podcast.
3: Hmm. (sighs) Still might be.
0: You never know. Uh, More news here shortly. All right, so uh, let's start the segment in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is the Louis Vuitton Horizon silver light-up speaker. After introducing its Horizon light-up speaker in 2021, the the fashion house brings back the statement piece in silver. An intersection of art, fashion, and technology, the wireless speaker takes the shape of a sleek metal top. Time out. It does look like a top, but Dame, does it not look like a UFO?
2: Yes, 100%. Yeah.
0: Uh, its form allows users to enjoy 360-degree sound or aim at music in different directions depending on how they lay it. A leather strap transforms the speaker into a wearable accessory. Time out. Dame, as my daughter once said, uh, anything's a puppet if you put its hand, your hand in its hole. Uh, isn't anything a wearable sp- fashion ex- Yes, she did. <laughs> she was a kid. Like, we did a puppet show. She, and, and then she, like, grabbed a pillow. And I was like, what are you doing? She said, anything's a puppet if you put your hand in its hole. And I was like, okay. okay. It, and this says a leather strap transformed the speaker into a wearable accessory. Does that mean you put a leather strap on anything that's a wearable accessory? I think so. Okay, continuing. Time back in. Allowing users to take the audio on the go. Branded LED
2: lights add to the... F- are you laughing? What's going on? <laughs> it's great. No, I was sighing. It was great. Sorry.
0: Uh, branded LED lights add to the futuristic aesthetic while the signature monogram print on the mesh nod to the brand's heritage. Kristen, this is like a like a like a Bose speaker, like a Sonos mm-hmm. sort of speaker that looks like a UFO made by Louis Vuitton. How much does this cost?
3: Pete, can you help me understand? Is it like a keychain size? That's yeah. my
2: question. It looks very small. It looks We're small. Old. Uh, but see
0: that's where like the wearable thing to me I, I bet this is the size of um a landmine I would say like a small claymore <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'd say it looks like a like a salad plate size oh, okay a salad plate
3: um let's do 5600
0: okay Dame?
2: uh $7,900. Wow, you guys are aggressive today. $3,600. It's a steal.
0: It's cheap. Yeah. It is a steal. Speaking of puppets, I don't know. <laughs> Dane, what's in the news this week?
2: Yesterday, Sweden reported higher than expected inflation for May, causing economists to wonder what could have kept prices elevated. And then it hit them like a ray of sun Beyonce. The pop superstar kicked off her Renaissance tour in Stockholm last month, drawing over 80,000 fans to the city's Friends Arena for two nights. In response to the influx of concertgoers, hotels and restaurants raised their prices to such a degree that it boosted overall inflation. Danska Bank concluded the fact that one person, by the sheer force of popularity, was responsible for higher inflation in an entire country is, well, it's not normal. Danska's chief economist in Sweden, Michael Grand, said it's quite astonishing for a single event. We haven't seen this before. Beyonce's tour arrives in the U.S. next month, which I'm sure is making Jerome Powell nervous. He's a deadhead anyway.
0: Kristen, have you ever seen the Beyonce Coachella set from the Netflix special from a couple years ago? I have not. Dame? No. All right, y'all. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't enjoy... Okay, here is it. I don't like fun. Mm-hmm. I don't like concerts. Right. But I don't mind a documentary about a concert. Um uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, mm. Beyonce's performance at Coachella, that doc. it's unbelievable. Unbelievable performance. It may not be your style of music. Mm. It is amazing.
2: Uh, Pete, Beyonce, or A Tribe Called Quest, pick one. For what? general listening pleasure Tripod Quest Uh, Dane what else is in the news this week? Instant Pots' once grand dreams of taking over your kitchen came out underdone. Uh, its parent company, Instant Brands, filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy Monday oh, okay. uh, to get its battered finances in order. Not long ago, Instant Pot devotees were compared to a cult. The easy-to-use pressure cooker exploded in popularity in 2016, speeding up stews and dominating cooking blogs, pitching 65 Instant Pot recipes for a quick week uh, weeknight dinners. The Swiss army knife of kitchen appliances regularly became a top seller on Amazon's prime days. In 2019, a private equity firm called Cornell Capital scooped up Instant Pot and plotted to grow its reach faster than the countertop hog could finish your carnitas. But you know what they say, Pete, fly too close to the broiler, you're going to get burnt. Hungry for expansion, Cornell pushed Instant Brands to release new gadgets like air fryers and an air purifier. Those flopped. And at the same time, sales of Instant Pot and its fellow multi-cookers fell from uh, by half from 2020 to 2022. Looking ahead, Pete, could air fryers be the next flop or the next thing to uh, burn out in the segment? With that logic, you gotta
0: think so. I, I don't know. I, like we never got on the Instant Pot craze, and we've never gotten on the air fryer craze. Hey, Dame Instant Pot? Nope. Air fryer? Yes. Kristen Instant Pot? Both of them. So, They're both great. Yeah. You know, Mrs. Planner doesn't like kitchen appliances that sit on the counter. Other than, yep. Yeah. And so that's the issue
2: around our house. Yeah. I'm not blaming her, but it is her fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. all right. Hey, Pete, chew on this. Former Walt Disney executive Michael Eisner is seeking a buyer for bazooka candy brands. Do you remember bazooka, Pete? Of course I remember bazooka. It was like my childhood. Uh, He's owned it for, he and his investment firm have owned it for more than 15 years. Eisner and uh, there's a co-owner, Madison Dearborn Partners, have put a for sale sign on the gum and candy manufacturer for $700 million. No. $700 million. Bazooka Joe, if I remember correctly, wasn't
0: the gum wrapped in a comic? Yes. Kristen, do you remember bazooka? No, do you remember what what name what big league chew do you know yep. big league chew
2: yeah.
3: yeah what other candy they had other candy right under the brand or no
2: they do they, they still have a, a couple um like lollipops uh, uh ring pops the, the 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 they own that too so it's mm-hmm. there's a few things in there, but 700 million that seems a little little steep. Uh, Ted was at basketball camp this week, and I, this is yesterday, I asked
0: him, he's 11, I asked him uh, how camp went, how how does games go today? And he's like, I knew we were in trouble when one of the kids on our team showed up with a candy necklace. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> there, yep, there you go. <laughs> I was like, uh, you nailed it, uh, because that's a bad sign, if a guy on your team's wearing a candy
2: necklace. <sighs> yeah. Uh, any more news, Dave, this week? Yeah, sure. Uh, plenty of teenagers are nabbing summer jobs this year, and the pay is way better than you might think. The surge of young folks in the workforce has been happening for the past few years, and it first seemed like it might be a pandemic blip, but turns out it's a trend with some legs. Employment rates for teens are expected to rise this summer faster uh, from last year, according to a team of labor economists who put out an annual summer job forecast. Wage growth among the youngest workers has been steeper than for other groups in April. Wages... For those aged 16 to 24, we're up 11.5% from last year compared to 6.6% for those 25 to 54, according to the Atlanta Fed. Uh, Gusto, which handles payroll for about 300,000 small and mid-sized businesses, says the average hourly wages for teens aged 15 to 19 on its platform hit $14.89 in May, up a whopping 41% since January 2020. Kristen,
0: your best job in your teens? So what was the best job you had in your teens? Ideally, high school?
3: Um, I didn't work in high school. I wasn't allowed to, but I did work at a pizza place in college, and that okay. was a lot of fun.
2: Dame? Didn't work in high school, but uh, I did work in the bag room at a golf course when I was a little bit younger than that, and it was fabulous. I installed air conditioners
0: uh, <laughs> when I was in high school for my parents' uh, plumbing and heating company. I was like the assistant, and I always would hook up the outdoor unit. Uh, uh, that's what, That was my best job. I worked at a music store too, but before you're like, wow, you're cool. I'm not, and I can't believe I worked in a music store either. (laughs) Um, But no, installing air conditioners is my answer. All right, so that's all we have time for uh, in this week's show. Uh, Please listen to the podcast. This was the 500th episode of the podcast, and it's about the 850th radio show we've done since 2008. And like you, I'm wondering, how is it not better by this time? Anyway, sending you good vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. Thanks for all the special guests today. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. I just realized that no one on the radio heard special guests.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I can't
2: you, know, I was, you just
0: realized that. I know. I, I was excited uh, about the show today. But I, my caffeine hit at the wrong time because I got here way too early today. And so I feel like I had a bad show, which sort of sucks. <laughs> oh. On the 500th show, like I couldn't talk. I just, like, I'm sorry, everybody. Maybe the next 500 will be better.
3: Oh, um, wow. Well, um, we got to hear your favorite uh, show memories. I would like... Dame's been on the show a long time. Can we hear a couple of dames?
2: Yes, if, as long as you give a couple as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is a moment that nobody has ever heard before. Uh, back before Pete and I... Ever met. Uh, I was trying to figure. I was doing my own thing in financial advising, trying to figure out uh, what in the world I could do differently to reach the group of people that I was trying to have an impact with, and I was struggling desperately to find answers and maybe just something that would shake something loose. And so I started reading um, other other stuff online and and signing up for newsletters and looking for podcasts. And one day I stumbled across. The Pete the Planner show, and I thought, who? What kind of weirdo names yeah. himself Pete the Planner? Yeah, and, and he doesn't even have any designations. I like, Pete True. the Planner, uh, but you know, I, that's how desperate I was. Like, let's give it a try, and <laughs> and I was. That was my summer of running, and so I was. I was out. I had time. I could easily get through uh, an entire show uh, when I was out out running. And there were a lot of times that I was laughing, and there were a lot of times that I was uh, basically yelling at you because I disagreed with what was going yes. on. But but I found uh, I found a voice that I enjoyed listening to, and little did I know that you know a year later uh, we would uh, be be looking at what the future looked like together. So my my favorite moment was the moment that I discovered the show.
0: Oh, that's great, man. I love it. It, it, There's something odd about our profession and probably some other ones. When you're an individual advisor, you can feel like a prize fighter and you instantly disagree with with some other professional within the industry, but for no particular reason. So just the, the, the mere fact that you chose to like be open-minded and listen uh, says a lot about you, but uh, just for everyone else out there, uh, financial advisors love to disagree with each other. Uh, Big time. I love it. Dame. uh, Kristen, any any fond memories?
3: Um I w- I probably have a couple, they're shorter. Um the time that Dame said, well they're not like big stories. The time no. that Dame said aquafaba on the that was show. That's great. That was great. <laughs> not knowing what that was. Oh, that I still, still makes me laugh. I still don't. Um the time that you were fashion camo on Veterans Day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, no. The Stolen Valor
0: episode. Sure, a win not me. the not the best moment.
3: Um and then what my probably one of my favorite shows that I wasn't on, ironically, it was a couple years ago, maybe I had been on the show like once and the two of you did a PSLF episode and like halfway through, I don't know who brought it up, but it dawned on you. I'm like making my lunch because that was back when you guys used to broadcast the show at like noon. I'm like making my lunch or whatever. And one of you was like, why did not we have Kristen on the show? Because you kept like talking about me, you were like, "Oh, yeah. well, Kristen would say this," and um, that was probably one of my favorite moments. Because I'm at home, like, yeah, I would have done a really good job at this show, but I liked it.
0: That's fun. I, I- I'll say what's weird about this show, since it's been around so long, is like it touches a lot of people. I mean, it, it actually, and that's not about me. It's about the community we've built together. But uh, I- I'll be anywhere around the country and I'll, I'll hear like I was in Salt Lake City last week and someone listened to the show it was like it's it's pretty crazy and it's uh it's awesome to think that almost 3 million downloads have occurred now that does that mean that 3 million people have listened once no that's not the math but that means a lot of people have and so uh, we certainly appreciate that so thank you for being part of the community the show has gotten so much more fun over the last couple of years Dame breathed new life into the show and then Kristen just took it to the next level so uh, i i honestly don't know uh i don't have a i don't have a plan of how many more we're gonna do we're just gonna keep going and have having a good time we're not gonna make another 500 episodes in fact if it seems like we are we're ending at nine ninety nine ninety nine guaranteed guaranteed uh so thanks everyone for being part of this i hope you have a good rest of your week uh stay getting money